We are back for the national edition of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. All right. In a couple minutes, we'll be joined by Mike Halford, co-host of Halford and Bruff in Vancouver. Heard Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. 6 to 9 a.m., by the way. Can you Sportsnet imagine? 650. Were you a morning guy ever? Did they put you through the ropes here at Sportsnet in the mornings I at all? I did some, like, weeks. I did what did some with Greg Brady just to, like, try it out or whatever. But, no, it's it's. Not did you great. produce I've, anything in the morning? I've produced at times the morning show. I hosted the morning show for, I think, four weeks last summer. Yeah. How I about you? I can't do it. No. Tell. Listen, every once in a while, I got a morning hit yeah. with the guys um, at, like, 7 a.m. Yeah. That's painful. Well, the worst part is just, like, it's painful. Your appearance? Well, yeah, that? all of it. All of it. And then you're, like, you're still in a fog, and you're... Right. But, like, if you want you gotta to... You got to fake it till you make it, right? Oh, there's, there's a lot of faking it. Because if you want to have seen the game the night before, and it ends at 10, whatever, like, you're, you're, not, you're up in the forest. It's no sleep. Yeah, I... Yeah, it's really hard. You know, you, if you ever want to watch a West Coast game, you're just committing to no and, sleep. And whatever, like, you'll always hear morning show people say it. It just doesn't get easier. No. And like, it's like, yeah, you call. can nap after, and then your day's all out of sleep. Eh, it's hard. It's a yeah, hard job. It's a really hard job. Plenty to get into in the next uh, hour, including the Vancouver Canucks. Connor McDavid, only just six assists. Just six? Just six. What a loser. Last night. Yeah, he's 13 behind Kucherov now uh, for the league lead. Look um, out. Can, can I read just some quick stats before we... Uh, sure. Love that. He uh, became the fourth fastest player to reach, to reach 600 assists in 616 games played behind Gretzky, Mary Lemieux, and Bobby Orr. Wow. Um, it, it, they, NHL single game record of seven, one off by Wayne Gretzky and Billy Taylor Sr., and most career four-point games among active players, Sidney Crosby has 38 in 1,239 games. Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid has 37 in 616 oh. games. And Ovechkin has 32 in 1,396 games. McDavid just about to double we'll t- up Sid. We'll, we'll talk about this more after Mike, but like we're talking 2,000 points. Yeah. Very possible for McDavid to be the second guy to McJesus. ever do Jesus, For sure. Yeah, and I mean, it's so the craziest part to me is the the fact that one year he was like, just to show you guys I can do the goal thing, I'm gonna do the goal thing, and now I'm gonna go back to being this guy. So impressive season. The the one off the charts was the 360 to Evander Kane last night. What is that even? The defenders are just like, why? Okay, why'd you do that? (laughs) All right, have it then. Unstoppable. (laughs) Supposed to do. And what is the NHL record before he he? I forget Mm -hmm. who he did it to before, but he's He's done that move before. And the record seven, seven, in seven game. in a game. Gretzky's done it three times, and like a, a name Billy, I didn't know. Billy Taylor Senior. Billy Talent. No, no Mario. No. Seven Billy. assists in a game. Billy yeah. Taylor. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> assists are hard. Yeah. Three good games in your Matthews total. Yeah, it's hard. Okay. Connor had six assists last night. God, I baited him. Yes. Yeah. Austin oh, Matthews here we go. Here has we... had six assists in a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> Billy Taylor Sr. played, uh, born May 3rd, 1919 in Winnipeg, Manitoba. 
Seven assist game against played. The you know, Ramford Wanderers. Three hundred and twenty-three career games. Uh, a lot with the Maple Leafs. Listen, I I'm not suggesting we change anything historically here. Okay. Okay. okay? But but <laughs> if I was to make one change to the scoring system in the National Hockey League, I would take away the secondary assist. Take it away, all yeah. right. Going Take full it KHL. Away. Isn't that what they do in the KHL? I think it's only one. I think it's one right. assist yeah. in the KHL. I think it's ridiculous that uh, a secondary assist has the same value as a primary assist. You, you know, you're not going to get much argument from me there. They are different things. I think rather than take it away, there would be value because I think there's a lot of D men who start rushes and you know get the puck going. There's value in noting. It would be interesting, though, to have it separated like, you know, second assist, first assist, goals, tally them up. Half an assist, a quarter of an assist on a, on a uh, sure, secondary? Then, yeah, if you're given a half assist for secondary, and bring in a third assist and get a quarter point. You're just saying this because wasn't Marner like the primary assist king for a little while? I don't while? know. Imagine how many, goal, you know how many assists oh, Matthews would have if Marner could shoot. <laughs> should it be more – it should be It should be noted. I want to know how many – a direct pass from you. No, not to be uh, condescending here, but there are, that's available. We have them. I don't want to look for them. Okay. I want them <laughs> delivered on my, I, I, I want them delivered. All right. You know what? I'm going to provide that for you. Thank you. I'll do go. That. All right. All right. Let's welcome him in. Mike Halford from the Halford and Bruff show in Vancouver. Mike, how are you, pal? Good. How are you guys doing? You want to weigh in on this riveting conversation <laughs> on primary and secondary assists based on I'm Connor here, McDavid's six? Funny. I was I was like seriously Googling, did KHL eliminate secondary assists? Does hey. not appear that they have, by the way, as I do the research for the show. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm an idiot. No, they have. <laughs> just made it up. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Um, it's fine. Well, because we used to have this debate all the time, not debate, but the conversation used to happen all the time because the Sedins were the masters of the primary and secondary assists because they had so many of them split between them, right? It would be one to the other goal, one to the other goal. But, um, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, there is a bit of literature, for lack of a better phrase. I don't really know if you consider it literature, but on this because it's really the only league that does it, right? Like, the NBA has like anecdotal references to they call them hockey assists right but you only get the primary assist and the same thing with like international football and in north america with like the mls soccer too it's just primary assist. you may be onto something here tipper oh gosh i hope not An analyst re- revolution uh, and then there's always the phantom secondary well, assist in, when i was in junior hockey that was a big one you know there's always guys hollering at the ref <laughs> 12 12 on there 12 had one. <laughs> 12. 14 and 12. Yeah. 14 and 12. How are, how are things out west, Mike? Oh, oh everyone's living the dream out here. This is great. A four-point cushion atop the standings in the NHL. Phil Kessel coming yes. out to have a skate with the minor league team. It's terrific. Yeah, it was a fun show this morning. I mean, that was a very sort of business-like win over Chicago last night. We were joking that we thought the Canucks, might have some adversity on that trip that just wrapped up. And then we said they sort of dabbled in adversity. They tried it on for size in Boston and then a little bit in Detroit. And then they're like, ah, we're not really big fans of this. So then they went back and won a couple games. So it's been good. It's been good living out West. Where is the fan base on Phil Kessel coming in and, and being a part of this? Is this, uh, you know, is it, is it more legitimate because the, the Canucks, 
are one of the top teams in the league. If they would have found themselves on the outside looking in, would this have been a move that would roll the eyes back in many of the fans' heads? Okay, so three things on this. One, because the management group has done such a good job identifying players and bringing them into the system, they've built a sort of inherent trust. They've got the benefit of the doubt. So if they're going to try something like this, then I think the majority of the fans are like, you know what? Uh, in Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford, we trust. Go ahead and make the move. Two, specifically, the connection between Pittsburgh and Vancouver has been a fruitful one. Like almost everybody that's come along from the Pittsburgh days and the Pittsburgh relationship has been good. And that extends to the players like Lafferty and Cole and Bluger and you know, DeSmith is the backup goalie, go on and on and on. Um, so, you know, people are pretty optimistic about if you find someone from that Pittsburgh pipeline, like it's the chances that it's probably going to work out because, and the big one is Talkit, right? Talkit had a good relationship with all these guys that got brought in, but perhaps none more celebrated as the one he had with Kessel. Like, I mean, every, the, the stories of Talkit being the Kessel, Kessel whisperer when he was the assistant coach at Pittsburgh and how they were able to figure out that great fit with the HBK, the Hagelin, Benino, Kessel line that was so vital to the two Stanley Cups. So there's enough optimism in the sort of theory, the idea, the concept of it. The question now is going to be, do you go from that to the actual execution of the plan? And that's where it starts to get a little murkier. Well, yeah, I, I guess where do you stand on it? Like, do you see a fit? Can Kessel work with them? Like, it's a fascinating thought in theory, but... To me, it's, you know, are you better off with a bigger, faster guy who works hard and dumps it in four checks than another guy who can, you know, rip one in the net with a certain touch but maybe doesn't create that touch as much anymore? Well, I guess what's funny is I've been talking about this for months on the show because Phil Kessel is one of my favorite players of the last 20 years. Like, I love everything about the guy. I love his personality. Yeah. I, lo- I love the, the, you know, he's got this sort of like, uh, every man's physique and maybe he doesn't necessarily have to do the VO two max to the nth degree and doesn't care about things like sports science. He's just <laughs> an unreal athlete that he's, and he's been able to play and he loves playing hockey. I mean, you really have to love something to be coming back at this stage of the game and going out to Abbotsford to play hockey. Like you have to really, really want to do it. So I love the guy. The fit is a challenge because right now um, I I'd be hard-pressed to see him be a bonafide top-six guy just because of the workload and the minutes involved. You're not doing anything to the third line because the third line is turned into probably the best third line in the NHL. And is he a fourth-line guy? I mean, the thing with Vegas last year is when, you know, rubber hit the road and it was playoff time, they felt that when Will Carrier got healthy, he was a better fit because his game was more suited to fourth-line minutes and Phil was on the outside looking in. There's also the fitness factor. I mean, you got to remember his last game, I think was April 12th of 2023. So you're talking nearly 12 months of not having a single NHL game. And I, I know Parise just linked on with Colorado and it looks like it's been okay, but this is a long layoff. Yeah. Uh, he, he's going to need to get his legs. And even if he does, I don't know where the fit is, but I think at the end of the day, the sentiment would be like, nothing ventured, nothing gained. It's, it's low risk with potentially high reward and you may as well try it. If it doesn't work out, no skin off anybody's back. So it's kind of a freebie in that regard. So I imagine then for sure, they're looking at him clearly as a 13th forward. He's not getting in unless somebody gets hurt. 
Yeah, and, you know, we talked to Manny Viveros. He's the head coach of the Western Hockey League's Vancouver Giants. Now, last year he was with Vegas. He was the head coach of the AHL team at Henderson. So he was around the NHL club a lot. He was around Phil a lot. And the one thing that he told us this morning was, like, every guy, every guy on that team loved Kessel. There was, like, the sort of unintentional sense of humor that cracked guys up. He was great in the room. And then when he became a black ace in the playoffs, uh, worked his tail off. Loved being there um, and was, you know, a guy that guys could ask questions of or lean on and was never sour about being in the lineup and then being out of it. So I, there's, there is value in that. I mean, Kipper, I'm sure, you know, you probably have a couple anecdotes for your playing days about guys that didn't have as huge of a role on the ice as they did off it. And the Canucks really don't have that. They, as you look on paper, they don't have – they're not a very vocal team to begin with. Uh, you know, Tockett noted that when he came in, that was kind of a quiet group and they don't have a ton of experience in the postseason. So that's another reason why it's like, Hey, if you give him a run out and he's the 13th forward and he plays a handful of minutes and a handful of games, maybe that's more than enough for everybody. And maybe it is an asset to this team and something cool for Phil Kessel as well. Right? Yes. It's uh, honestly so fascinating in sports. We love stories. This is a great story to follow. Um, the Canucks have been at the center of so many great stories this year. Uh, they've, you know, been the recipient of the best player in a big trade, I would say. How has the Elias Lindholm experience worked out thus far? Yeah, like early days, right? He hasn't even played a home game yet. He's going to get his first one on Thursday against Detroit. So, And Tockett admitted after the, I think it was the Washington game on Sunday before the Super Bowl, that he's really bounced them around. Like he's played with, five or six different forwards already and he's been deployed on the power play but I mean now they've got him playing and granted one game but it looks good against Chicago with Pedersen and Neil Toglander who got bumped up from the fourth line so it's sort of this Swedish trio Trey Kroner line that's got a good innate ability to play and a couple, like a couple of things with Lindholm one I didn't realize he was as good of a a puck tipper as he is, I know in his first game, he scored two on the power play off Quinn Hughes point shots. And Hughes said, I think the line was, if I put 50 pucks on that, he's tipping 49 of them. And I didn't realize that he's as big and as physical as he is. He had a play last night where he really just sort of muscled uh, Jacob Megna off a puck. And that got loose to Hoaglander and Hoaglander, Hoaglander scored what was eventually the game winning goal. So I, I like it a lot. I can see why he kind of floundered in Calgary this year playing with it was Sharon Govich and maybe Mangiapani. Mm-hmm. So playing with better players is going to be a better thing for him. And you can see it. He's really cerebral, like a bright guy. And it's just going to take time for him to find the right fit. Because as I mentioned, Takata had him playing with all the top six guys so far. And it's kind of been a bit of a jumble that way. Are people wondering if, if Lindholm's going to end up being a rental or not? We know that the talks are awfully quiet with uh, Pedersen, but... Where does it stand with Lindholm? I can't believe for one second they made this move without thinking that uh, we're going to take a legit shot at signing uh, long-term Lindholm as well. The most interesting sort of 4D chess idea that I heard on this was from our play-by-play guy on Sportsnet 650, Brendan Batchelor. And he said, look, what you could end up having with Lindholm is if things go pear-shaped, with Pedersen in negotiations, or you just feel like it's not going to happen and you don't want to run the risk of going in to the abyss, you then pivot and you've got Lindholm as maybe not an ideal replacement candidate, but one that's in-house, one that you could conceivably link to long-term 
and you don't have to go in some sort of bizarre nuclear option where you're trying to trade one guy and then find another one. So, I, you know, I've got time for that. I don't think the Canucks necessarily picked up Lindholm with that in mind, but it is a pivot point that you could feasibly pull off because, again, they're going to have the opportunity to have him in here for a few months, get him a little more acclimated to the group, and then if it works out, so be it. Now, Alvin did say, he did say when they first acquired him that he thought there was a way that they could keep Pedersen and Lindholm and then when I think pressed further, he was like, that's all I have to say about that. And I was like, yeah, it seems a little far-fetched, but I like the hustle. Good job. So we'll see. I think as it goes along, people are probably going to want him around for more than a rental period. But right now, the majority of people, myself included, are looking at it as let's get it through the regular season, through the playoffs, and then figure the rest out later. Not necessarily call it a rental, but just kind of look at it in the short term. You didn't realize when he said that that he meant he was going to have Kessel on league minimum. That's how he was going to make it all work. This is uh, yeah, part- right. We have to let every other player go on the roster. But <laughs> yeah. my God, we're going to have PD and Lindholm, man. Fair enough. Well, and the PD thing is is just worth revisiting for for us here. Haven't got uh, a take on it in a while. Has there been any movement updates? Has your opinion changed? Is it still just one of those things where you throw up your arms and go, "We'll find out in the postseason." We'll find out in the postseason. Actually, you know what? There is some thought out there that it's gotten so quiet and everything has clammed up so much. Everyone anticipated that the all-star break in Toronto was going to be a, some sort of, you know, moment of magnitude right. because they could have talked with the agents. I believe it's Newport, if I'm not mistaken. So they're based out of Toronto. And I think it was a thing where everyone just assumed that's a natural time to do anything. And we heard nothing. It's been absolute crickets. So now people are trying to turn that into something saying it's so quiet so quiet that something <laughs> must be going on but there's I mean, look, so much nothing it maybe down. it's something i love it bro. yeah awesome. it's it's so nothing it could be something it's up down it's left i mean i don't know i mean the bottom line is that we we you know the debate happens on a daily basis right yeah. people are convinced and other people's aren't people you know want them to be here forever and people are saying that it's risky to sink the 12 or 13 million that you're gonna have to sink into them so it rages on on a daily basis so from our perspective there's noise from Pedersen's camp and the Canucks camp. There's none. And I have no idea when this thing is going to be get done. I know that's why you brought me on for scintillating analysis like that. <laughs> We're talking to Mike Halford, co-host of the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Uh, Mike, we don't think Jimmy Rutherford and Alvin are, are done by any stretch here. There's some sexy names out there. Vancouver Canuck fans are, are bantering here. And it, is there a thought that they want to mess with the chemistry that much more? It's a great question, right? Because Lindholm was a pretty big ad, and he takes a lot of minutes and a lot of roles. Like, right, first unit power play right away, top six minutes right away. It hasn't necessarily messed with the chemistry because they did need another piece in that top six. The question now is what kind of shopping do you want to do? Like, I could see them adding something on defense just because it's not necessarily them, but any team that goes into the playoffs is going to need depth on defense. I remember I think it was Lawrence Gilman at one point said that, you know, he thought that a West coast team with the additional travel, and if you're going to make a deep run, you need to go nine deep on defense. So they, they, you know, they're just going to need bodies back there. There's been some talk that they could add another winger and a a guy like Betrano out of Anaheim has kind of gotten some buzz, but this is more among like the fantasy hockey trade guys that call into the show. And I'm not sure how much there is there. They've got assets to move. They don't want to move uh, Lekaramaki or Tom Willander, their top two prospects. They parted with a guy who was probably the number four or five pros- uh, prospect in the organization and Hunter Bruchewitz, 
and that was in the trade with Calgary. So they've got things to move, but I just wonder if they've done their big game shopping and the next deal might be far less salacious or sexy or attractive, but it might be one of those more traditionals. We're going to get this guy in for a third-round pick on March 7th, and he's going to add to our group. I kind of see that's how it's going to play out. Yeah, that would make sense. So, you know, where they're at in the schedule, you know, here in Toronto right now, where we just went through a whole Morgan Riley fiasco with Ridley Gregg, and people have been asking, is the Jake Wallman thing sort of a comparable, you know, hitting the gritty on the Canucks after a win? I mean, he's having fun, right? But, you know, he they are playing Vancouver in Vancouver tomorrow night. Is there any sense that Canucks players cared about that or about being shown up and that there's going to be some sort of, I don't know, backlash? Okay, so I kept bringing it up. But as a joke, I thought I was being funny on the radio. Like, ah, I'm making a joke about a guy doing a kid <laughs> oh, no, a dance no. generally for children, right? And then um, it, it I picked up kinda, steam. Yeah, we kind of kept running with it. And then people were like, how are you bringing this up? No one's talking about this except for you two. But I, I'll say this. I remember when he did it. I just remember thinking, oh, well, that's a thing. Because of the way, the way that happened, like, I thought the penalty shot call in overtime was kind of soft. I thought it was a tad undeserved. Don't get me wrong. I know it was a huge goal for Detroit. I know they were at home. I know they're chasing a playoff spot for the first time in forever. And the guy felt that grittying was the uh, appropriate response. But the only reason I kept bringing it up in a joking manner was because of the Morgan Riley, Ridley Gregg thing. Like, I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, we've got our own retribution on the horizon. And it kind of took on a life of its own. They have not mentioned a thing one about it. Nobody has, just so we're clear. The coaching staff hasn't mentioned it. The players haven't mentioned it. We get to find out on Thursday because that's the other thing that I brought to the table on the conversation was I was like, unlike the Battle of Ontario, there is another meeting between these two teams. They meet in like five days' time. So if there is any hard feelings, they'll get to sort it out. But for the record, nobody from the Canucks said anything about it. I just thought it was something that caught my eye when Wallman did it. And I just wondered about, Given I, I'm pretty familiar with guys rubbing it in and hot dogging it after having a goal scored, that they, they might have stuck in some of the guys' craws. That's it, though. That's it. Kept going through the guys in my head. I was like, who in their team would kill him most? Be most mad? And the answer is talking. <laughs> <It's right. laughs> well, okay, that was the first guy I thought of. Okay, good. Toronto same page. That's what I thought. And, of my and footer, like hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, one last one here, uh, Mike. Just before we let you go, like if if. If Jimmy Rutherford and Alvin are, are, are looking back right now at their lineup, what team are they looking in the West saying that's the team that we that, that that's the one team that we got to match up with? Or, you know, is is it Vegas? Is it Colorado? Who's who's their team that they look at their roster and say, yeah, we got the one to beat them now? Uh, I mean, the, the one that I'm put it this way we are now actively cheering for vegas and edmonton to finish two three in the division so that they can play each other in the first round and just beat the living snot out of each other because i think those are the two that are going to be the toughest challenge colorado as well 100 percent. but edmonton is on such a tear it's been such a turnaround and um you know the Canucks have beat them multiple times this year Right? I think it's the three out of three, including that 8-1 demolishing at the, at the very beginning of the year, that there's going to be a lingering bad taste and everything. So Edmonton scares me a little bit. Vegas does too, although they're not as healthy. Colorado, I keep wondering if Colorado's going to make a big move before the deadline to put themselves over the top or to solve a couple of things so they could be skipped. But those would be the three. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Canucks, they're the first-place team in the NHL by four points. They match up well. 
with pretty much everybody, but there's some really good teams there that have the playoff experience as well. They're all going to be tough outs for no matter how well the Canucks match up against them. Mike, great stuff, man. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Don't worry, boys. Have a good day. Talk soon. You too, Mike. Thanks. That is the co-host of the Halford and Bruff Show out in Vancouver. They do a great job. They really do. It's a great show. Great guys. And listen, I mean, yeah, I don't buy this whole kind of, like, we're far beyond sellies as being something that gets under our skin. Like, it's not even a comparison with the Morgan Riley. uh, No, I've made the case that one of them is about sticking, you know, Greg is sticking it to Toronto, where one guy's trying to celebrate with his team. To me, that's a dividing factor. Beautiful, Gritty. He really did. He really nailed it. Oh, did he ever. But don't you feel, don't you kind of think, like, I don't say, I'm not saying they're going to go do something. But if there's a chance to say "Hey, f you" to the guy, you probably don't. You don't love it. I think if you're gonna do something, this is how often happens in the NFL, where a guy will have like a signature, uh, a signature celebration. So, for example, They'll do it. Yeah, like yeah, when yeah, Man- yeah. Johnny Manziel was coming in, he was like the Money Manziel. Cam, Cam, uh, oh my God, Newton. Newton did the Superman thing. So often when guys sacked them, they'd do the Superman yeah. thing. So it was like. Maybe if you score a game-winning goal, maybe Elias Pedersen can hit the gritty or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not like he's going to wear a cross-check to the chin, but... Just my personal experience when I played way back when. Yeah. When I wanted to kill a guy. Right, (laughs) right, right. It was usually an accumulation of things. Okay. Right? So it wouldn't just be, like, one instance, like a a dance or a celly. It would be, like, okay... Again and again, enough with this guy. Someone's going to have to take a strip so off of it him. it goes on the ledger in the cons side of reasons, you know, is, a, is this a good thing or a bad yeah. thing with Wallman? It's like, it's a thing that I don't like. And if he does more things I don't like, they're starting to build up. So um, to go back to our previous conversation before we had Mike on, uh, I looked up the secondary assist leaders mm-hmm. in the NHL. Uh, according to icy data, is that a good thing, Borny? Does that work? Never heard of it, pal. Okay. Sorry. This is according to icy data, which seems to be very official. Uh, who do you think leads the league in secondary assists? Quinn Hughes. Nope. Uh, defenseman. Is that wrong? Do you have something different? No. A defenseman. Okay. Nope. Uh, well, Kucherov. Still be one of the big boys. It's Kucherov or, or McD- Mc- yeah, McKinnon or McDavid. Yeah, just guys yeah. who are on the ice a lot Kiel on the McCar- power play. Kiel McCarr second. Philip Peronik is third. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, Connor McDavid, Barkov, Tim I saw Kuzla. for first assist, Marner has 24 and Matthews has 14. So check. did you know who leads in primary assists? I've got M- McKinnon. It is not McKinnon. No? It is Connor McDavid. That's Conor 34 McDavid. primary assists. And I said by a ton, a ton is one. Kucherov has <laughs> Okay, so uh, McDavid at 34, yep. and then who's second? Kucherov's 33. Kucherov. Then JT Miller with... Uh, with 32, then Matthew Kachuk and Matthew Barzell would round out the top five. And yeah, you know who's really high on this list that's super impressive is Noah Dobson with 27. Mm-hmm. 27 primary assists for him this year. Yeah, Dude, those, those are, that's impressive. I it actually, is. I agree with you that that's like a pretty relevant thing. Like this guy directly it's is creating the goals. Yes. Yeah. To me, seeing that it's like different guys mm-hmm. makes it more relevant yeah, to me. Yeah, just... The usual guys. Yeah, William Nylander's up there, too, with uh, 24. Uh, same with Marner, 24. So, yeah. interesting list. Glad you made me look that up, Kippy. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do some game time? 
Game time. Butter up seven. It's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds to find out why it's never ordinary. At Bet365, must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, I was looking at the futures because we looked at the Calder yesterday. And now with these, because there's some pretty heavy favorites on here in terms of the major trophies, you can bet against the field. So, Connor, McD- Connor Bedard to win the uh, Calder is minus 200. The field is plus 160. So if you think somebody else is going to get there, you can bet on this the field at plus 160. But for that one, pretty clear that if it's going to be anyone other than him. It's Faber, and he's 3-1. to one, one, yeah. So there's there's that. Yeah. Uh, Faber. Yeah, Faber. The Hart Memorial Trophy is one that's interesting to me. Because uh, Nathan McKinnon is minus 115 favorite to win the Hart. But if you want the field, it's minus 105. So mm-hmm. you're getting almost even money, and you get a lot of really good players who could have great second halves. Like, McK- like McDavid is on fire. Yeah. And he could easily get himself into the top uh, by the by close to the end of the game. After last night, the Athletic actually has him as the favorite. Uh, Dom LeCision put out his rankings today. Really? Quinn Hughes third. Matthews fourth. Kucherov fifth. In there, in that, but McDavid right. is one? Yep. Over McKinnon. Mm-hmm. See, I don't agree with that. Six assists last night is a lot of points. Yeah, that helps. That helps. <laughs> you know, Six that in one game the, really tilts does the scales help. a little bit. And you can also bet on the same for Quinn Hughes with the with the with the Norris. He's a minus one eighty favorite to win the Norris. You can bet on the field at plus one forty five. But if you look at who's actually favored on this list here, it's Quinn Hughes at minus one eighty. Kill McCarr plus one sixty. The next closest is Noah Dobson at plus twenty five hundred. Wow. So they're pretty distance, sure eh? that it's going to be one of those two guys and they're not giving you any juice on anyone else. And the Rocket Richard clearly is Matthews is minus 300 and then you can bet on the field at plus 225 if you think somebody's going to get really hot. So I just thought that was interesting that it kind of changed it up there because there's some pretty clear favorites in all the categories. And as far as games tonight, not a ton on the go. Uh, Panthers in in uh, in Pittsburgh to take on the, Panth- uh, take on the Penguins, sorry. Sharks, huge underdogs against the Jets and the Wild and Arizona uh, Coyotes, almost even. Look look at the over-under in the Florida-Pittsburgh game, if you have that. I do have it. The total is six. Six, pretty, yeah, and, and even money on both sides of that? Uh, plus 100 on over, minus 120 on under. Okay. So there you go. That was right. game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest on and find out why it's ever ordinary. At Bet365, must be 19+. plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Uh just one note on that that Calder trophy. Like they don't want it slipping out of the hands of, of Connor Bedard. ESPN it's is a just marketing like on the scale. Just, like and and Brock Faber should get it. Yeah. You're right. But they're like Minnesota, a defenseman. Yeah, we can't just, sell this. We guys. can't sell that. So we like, can't sell that. What you're saying is when Connor Bedard returns at well, next week's and he starts shooting him in the net, that number is going to go from minus 200 to minus 500 again. I, I, I yeah. Really good point. I, that actually might be the yeah. bet. That you're never going to get a better number than no. minus 200 right no. now. And But it is the writers who vote on that. So I can't see how ESPN, unless they t- talk to their voters. And... Nah, I don't know. It's just they, the writers can get caught up in that sizzle yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, I vow to remain strong. You know, one thing that kind of is you, <laughs> one thing that's kind of sliding under the radar a little bit on this uh, Brock Faber mm-hmm. is the price that uh, Rob Blake paid to get Fiala. Oh, was he part of that trade? 
Go back and look at that trade, guys. Oh, no. Yeah. Go back and look at that trade. It was Kevin Fiala came to, uh, went to L.A., and he's a good player. Yeah. Yeah. With the first-round pick but as well. Ooh, it Brock was Faber. Brock Faber and, and a, a first-round first pick. A 19th overall, not like a 30th. No. A yeah. top-20 pick plus Faber. And we're talking about a guy right now that could be in the league as a bona fide one or two defensemen in the National Hockey League. Like, you don't give up wingers so for for the type of player that, that Faber's going to end up being. And they also gave away Dursey. And for, was Fia- it a second they yeah. gave Dursey away for? And he's lighting it up for Arizona. Fiela's also making eight schmill a year until 2028 or something. And uh, they also got Liam Ogren in that trade. That was the first round pick because it's a Swedish guy playing sorry. for uh, playing in the Swedish Elite League right now. So that's oh, wow. a, that's crazy. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a tough one. All right. Well, we're going to take... We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to get some sound from uh, Ridley Greg, too. I think oh. we have that, don't we? Oh, we have it. All right. We're going to talk uh, a little <laughs> bit more. I'd do it more. again if I had the chance. <laughs> oh, he's, call- he's heading into my kitchen. Is that kitchen. what he said? He's <laughs> heading Basically. into my kitchen, boys, getting ready to slam the cupboards. <laughs> we'll find out exactly what he said when we return to Real Kipper and Bourne. Breaking down the biggest trends in hockey. The Hockey PDO Cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Real Kipper and Bourne. So Ridley Gregg spoke after the 6-3 uh, victory last night over the Columbus Blue Jackets. and Red Hot Sens. Couple. Always Red Hot. Excellent teams going head-to-head there. Sens are good. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we have not... We time. We, we, we did, up until after the game, we did not hear a word from Ridley uh, on his now famous empty net slap shot goal. 75.3 miles per hour of hate. He did score last night as well. Tipped one in. Apparently got a huge ovation the second he touched the puck. Oh, time. man. If you're a Sens fan, you loved how that went down. Oh, you couldn't love it more. You truly couldn't you love it more. You win the game. Got, you draw we got that sound bite. We do have, we have him talking for sure. Do you want to play it there, Derek? Did he catch you off guard? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I don't think you're ever expecting a guy to come cross-check you in the face. Uh... But I also, I'm not sure if he meant to do that, um, but a little bit. This is a first chance, obviously, to talk to you since, but can you just even walk us through that sequence and just deciding to wind up there and what kind of was going through your mind and the emotions that were maybe going through you? Yeah, uh, just a lot of adrenaline, uh, just the heat of the moment, heat of the game. Uh, it was an emotional game. Uh, I just got a breakaway and thought I'd bury it. Sam, Sam, how you doing? My my first thought, I love that, is like asking Ridley, "What's it like not expecting a cross check to the head?" <laughs> like I played my whole life expecting, expecting all a cross check <laughs> to my head. When you look at a man and he's coming towards your face with angrily, a stick, you probably should expect it. He was. That's the thing that kills me. Everyone's like, "Oh, he wasn't look. He wasn't look. He was 
turned looking at him after he took a clapper into an get your hands up and this never happens there's yeah. no suspension there's no nothing it's like it's a lot like what nick cousins does after he throws a big hit he just stands there and looks stupid and the guys bury him it's like expect it <laughs> it's hockey yeah it's funny i think you have to play that up though right you can't be like i knew what i was doing can't say that I, from from a toronto maple leaf angle we, we get that side but from an Ottawa side too, like I think it's in a in a season where it's just been nothing but uh, a disappointment. Yeah, I, I think I think I would uh, like Ridley Gregg on my team. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, 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 energy. He's he's a talented player. He's he's got some gumption here. I think every once in a while you got to be known for something. And this is really the start of his career right now yeah. that he's known as a guy that could do this or maybe learn something from it. But I, I'd i hate to see him now kind of disappear and, and well, not be a guy. Ways, right? not, not be a, and now be a, a guy that goes back and gets lost in, in the crowd. He's kind of stepped up a little bit. I, I hope he runs a little bit with this. Yeah. You can be, you don't want to be a guy who did a silly thing and it got some attention or whatever. You know, this can be something, when you look at the cumulative list of what Brad Marchand has done, it's like, it's because he kept doing it that everyone's like, this guy, say what you will, he's, his nose is in everything, pun semi-intended. He, he literally licks somebody's face. <laughs> yeah, like he's constantly in the mix, but if you can't lick a guy's visor, then never do anything else. You know, this has yeah. to be... A part of the fabric of who he is. He's a. I saw the highlights in the game agitated. last night. Didn't see the game, but I saw the highlights. Um, I saw a future Leaf Boone Jenner take him down. Boone Jenner did Hammer. put a pretty good yeah. lick on him. Oh, it's, but that's part fine. of you. Put, you put a target on you yourself. You want to be a guy that people want to take runs at. It means I that you're pissing them did. off. I know. I don't means know. you're doing something right. That that means you should anticipate yeah. the odd cross check to the chin. I played with Ridley's dad yeah. in Hartford. Oh, really? Yeah, Mark Gregg. Like the best guy, okay, really good guy, and there's no question. Ridley's a, a great kid too. Yeah, automatic, uh, guilty of being a great kid by association here, and I know his dad well enough to say, yeah, Ridley, probably not the best idea. Maybe you want to take something off the slap shot a little bit. <laughs> yeah. and there's there there'd be a learning kind of experience there for sure, but. I hope the kid doesn't lose anything off of no. it because I think he's got a chance for a really good career here. Yeah, for sure. Great. I think he's a good player and also just super young, right? Like, I don't know if you remember the decisions you made at 21. Maybe you were in the NHL or whatever and you weren't making dumb uh, decisions. Not even close. I was in college making really poor decisions uh, consistently. And, you know, there is some time where you look back when you're 31, 41 and go, oh. This... I'm just. I, I don't Mark, even. Oh, I don't even have this as a really poor decision. You know. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just have it as uh, just a goofy thing to do. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Agree. I'm not that. We do not agree. Um, <laughs> I'm not that bothered I'm by looking it. At, but... I'm looking at uh, Mark Craig's hockey DB. Yeah. Hell of a hockey DB. How many empty netters? I can't tell that on no. here, but like some wild teams: AHL, IHL, DEL. It's very cool. Could shoot the puck too. Played one one year with for the Hamburg Freezers. 
I mean, that just can't be real. What's the Quebec Raphael? Like, what is the, the Raphael? Shreveport Mudbugs. We might have to get him on the show. Houston Arrow. Yeah, he, I mean, I'm not texting him. <laughs> this is our producer. But listen, if, if, if I don't know, hockey people are simple people. Like if that's an understatement. And, and, and you know, there's some people that said that they love the entertainment of what that brought. Yes, the league should and love the way that played out. Toronto, Ottawa again, put some fire in everyone's belly. Again. Would have been nice to see them in one more game here. Do you think Morgan and and Ridley will have a fight? Have a good old fashion. No, I don't even know if it's uh, that. It's like, I hope there's something that happens in the next game that warrants a fight more than that. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's got to be an accumulation of stuff. If Ridley goes back out there and hammers somebody or, mm-hmm. you know, does something against something stupid, then it just adds to the element. I don't think Ridley's not not going to get hit the next time they play the Leafs. Like, I don't think they're going to outright forget it. I mean, I think it's October. It's October next yeah. year. It, it, it's over and knows it fight, but yeah. I think there's some, I hate this guy to this now. Yeah. Do you know? Speaking right. of Ottawa, uh, Brady Kachuk had a hat-trick last night. Yeah. Columbus. Listen, they're, 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 Top 10 favorite player in the league for me. They've got 30 games to go, and there's no, despite how bad their season has gone, there's... I don't think there's a better team still out there to sell hope oh, than the, the Ottawa the, Senators. They're the best bad team by miles. Can, that's all they got. I, I know, but it's <laughs> every but, year. But that's it's, all they sell. It's, 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 oh, a, it's a good got. Well, it's Sammy. true. But they're I mean, they're legitimately they have talent. They have talent on the roster. Kipper, they've been selling this exact same hope for the last three second halves of the season. Yeah, the, I'm not. I don't. I'm not debating you on that. But there's still. A team that a lot of people would be envious of of having to start. They are still last in their <laughs> in the Atlantic Division, but God, they they really buried themselves, eh? Yeah, but they're only a minus seven goal differential team. You know, the Canadians are minus thirty seven. I think by the time the C- Capitals minus thirty seven, Blue Jackets minus forty one. Like they're going to be an okay team. They're a few pieces away. Maybe uh, Craig Berube has been mentioned. They only have to jump six teams to get back in the playoffs picture. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs this year, but this is this is like Vancouver last year, where it's I like said, you can see pieces there. I said I was back. I'm back. You're back, baby. Oh, I, hate him so much. <laughs> I do it. find now the last couple of years, and I don't know if it's the system or just teams are tired or what, but like it's looking like a snail's pace for for teams to try to grab a wild card spot like and again last night a, a pretty good the least? a pretty good example and you know you guys have used the Toronto Maple Leafs every once in a while they'll lose a game or two and you're like oh, they're wild card and they could miss the playoffs and it's like it's a great impression of you buddy it's not bad who's miss, who, who's catching them sammy but the devils are In two points East. two points out of the wild they card have spot no goalie get a goalie and then we'll talk devils might win the Stanley okay. Cup still clip that your islanders <clears throat> Islanders are... What is going on with your Islanders? They get this coach who's got all this moxie and coming in and yeah. going to change the world and okay. they can't get past the Kraken. Islanders fans, don't listen to this. Just turn off the TV for a sec. Or what is going they're on just, there? They're not that good. They're just not that but good. But their defense got healthy. 
Yeah, they're, but their their defense got healthy, so they should be better. But, I mean, they it's are bad. porous really defensively as a team. That Seattle team that beat them last night was coming off a, 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 you know, a game the night before. They've been losing like crazy. And by every metric, they outplayed the Islanders. Like, they're just a little... A little old, a little slow. <laughs> All right, take it easy. You know, I still think they're going to tease that that uh, final wild card spot. They'll be around there, but they're they're not that. Not now, that good. one team I could be a little wrong on is the Pittsburgh Penguins because I I had them Been a week ago, with ten them. days ago. Going, come on, guys, you got Sid. He's he got Sid. That's all I need to say. Yeah. You have Sid, and he's really, really good. Please tell me you can get in the playoffs still with Sid. They can. Don't talk right? about playoffs. They're three points. Or sorry, they're seven points out of a playoff spot, but they have three games in hand on every team above them. So they need to string together some wins here. Maybe their general manager will come out and say they can and they will make the playoffs. <laughs> Has their general manager talked much this year? I haven't heard a whole lot. No. Definitely three. when he didn't come. Definitely not when he came here. That's for sure. Three games. Not a word, uh, right? Not a word. Everything's great. <laughs> Three games on top on tonight, today. including including Florida Panthers in Pitt. Yeah. And that one's going to be a tough one. The last time those two teams played, I have never watched an NHL team play a game more offended than the Florida Panthers. They played in Pittsburgh, and it was just every little thing. It was a total disaster. There was a fight. They were they are chasing Latang around. They, they are, are so old school. They are. The Florida Panthers. They are. They're mean. They got swagger. Yep. They'll challenge you. Mm-hmm. And like every game, I haven't seen them take too many nights off. That's what I mean. It's just they have the ability to be offended by every little thing. And that's why the Leafs' goal should not be to pass the Tampa Bay Lightning. Much like Halford was saying with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers, you want those two teams to play each other in the first round. Like you want the Battle of Florida and you go into the Metro and play the Rangers or have to deal with the Bruins. I know those neither of those are easy, but they are way better matchups for the Leafs than the than the Cats are. Like that's a horrifying matchup. Yeah, the Rangers are I know they've won a bunch in a row here. They're a good they're, team. They're, yeah, but they're they're flawed. They're offensively they're kind of one way. Panthers. And they're not gonna be pushing you around the whole game. Meow. <laughs> God, I hate that drop. Dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna go punch Derek when I see him next time. I hate that drop so much. Good drop. Nice. Did you just sneeze on the air? Yeah. Is that against no. rules and regulations? I've, I've been in broadcasting for like 25 years now. Yeah. I've never sneezed on air. You just had your nose broken so I many don't times? Know. It's just like passageways. I'll go home and I'll sneeze like nine times in a row, but I've never done it on air. I'm going to keep an eye out for this. I actually, yeah, you know, I can't pin it down. Don't think you ever have. By the way, healthy as a horse, too. I haven't missed a shift this year. Good for you. Um, <laughs> you just jinxed me, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Monday right. after the All Star game was a fight, but other <laughs> yeah. than that, we've been good. Dragged him in here. Horses. <laughs> um, just uh, Valentine's Day today, boys. I don't know what you guys have planned or nothing planned. You I to just talked to the guy who invented Valentine's Dave Day. Valentine's. He's. I don't know. I Where think it was Hallmark. He? It was Hallmark. <laughs> yeah. But here's what I'll say because I think I think we have a lot of males that listen to the show. People get their back up at this one. They're like, ah, it's stupid. It's an invented holiday. You can just, you know, show a little love. Show a little love, all that matters. Like, not listen, that I'm, not, I'm not Mr. Relationship Advice here, but just get some roses. You know, get a card, chocolate, go for dinner. Do whatever you want to do. Just, 
I'm not Mr. Casanova, but it's not that hard, okay? It's a stupid holiday. It 100% is. But just just embrace it. It's one day. I think that's really nice advice. Thank you. The only thing I'll, throw, I'll add on yeah. that is, you know, you don't feel like you have to go buy something really expensive, right? Uh, do you do, do you have a little... Listen, every day is Valentine's With you? Day for my wife. <laughs> Okay. I want her on that. I want her uh, opinion on yeah. that. Every day. Okay. Mike. If anyone deserves a card <laughs> and a box of chocolates. <laughs> Tell me, you it's have your wife. It's one thing I don't need is chocolate in the house. Okay. All right. Fair okay? enough. You had this drawer mm. for the last oh two God. months. It was Valentine's Day for us. Okay, what is going on chocolate. with you and, and, and sugar? Because yeah. I, I don't touch the stuff unless I see it. Yeah. And when I do see it. You get me in big trouble. It's like your wife. I need to keep my blood sugar up so I don't get grumpy so I can deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep a, a keep, fresh supply I of chocolate you on hand. on so your toes. You do. Enjoy the dinners tonight. Get some roses, some chocolate for your significant other, and enjoy your some, some time spent together. I'm going for dinner with my wife tonight. It's nice. Enjoy it. That's, That's really it. sweet. There hey. it is. Yeah. Like, what happened last night? You in the doghouse? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah there's something happening now. You don't, you don't suck up like that you for no apparent reason. To show? Are you crazy? Maybe you just try to clear your conscience or something. Uh, I don't listen, know. Listen, I'm a lover, boys. That's there what you don't you know go. about me. You're <laughs> not a fighter. Guy. That's for sure. We know you're not a fighter. All right. Great job today, guys. Got through two hours. Nobody from HR is knocking on our door right now. It's a good sign. Mike Halford from Halford and Bruff. Thank you very much for your time at the top of the hour. Three games on tap tonight, including ours on Wednesday Night Hockey at Sportsnet. San Jose versus Winnipeg. See if these Jets can get rolling again. All right. And if you get a chance, give us a rating and review. If you can't catch us live, you can always download us on any of your favorite pods. Have a great night, everybody, and we're back tomorrow.